0: know, we never want to take credit for something that the Holy Spirit does. And, uh, what we do every, every week is we just try to come and set the, the scene, you know, venue is called venue because it's like creating the scene where we think God likes to hang out and where we think God and, and people might like to hang out. And all we do is we just like put, we just try to put you together with the Holy Spirit. But we never take credit, we try to never take credit for what the Holy Spirit does. We can't do that. That's magic, that's power, that's goodness, that's forgiveness, that's sanctity and purity. That's all the things that we don't deserve and uh, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. We love you so much. Um, how are you guys doing? If, if you're new, uh, I'm Pastor Cory, my lovely wife Erin uh, and I, we started Venue Church about five years ago. and. Uh, We love uh, our city, we love our neighbors, we love uh, inviting people to church. And uh, if you're here for the first time, you've probably been invited to our church like a bunch of times. And we're just like happy like that. This is my last sermon and then I'm going on vacation. So it's going to be super weird. My brain is already just about there in vacation. Can I get this mic up a little? My brain is just about in vacation mode. And uh, I spent all the time that I normally spend on, uh, on sermons, on this sermon, but I'm like, it's kind of, it's, do you like rate my sermons? Some people rate their pastor sermons. They're like, that was the best sermon ever. I feel like, I'm like, well, what was it the week before? I, I tried and you know, I feel like I've preached on the word of God. I it wasn't heresy, it wasn't crazy. Well, t- today's sermon is going to be crazy. So it might be like your top three crazy sermons, Because I'm like, my brain is just about there. It's good for pastor. We just, we need a, a our pastor, our family, because we're all in leadership here, you know? And so we just, you know, we love you, but we need a break from you sometimes. Venue church. No, we, we do love you. You are a pleasure to pastor. But I told the Holy Spirit this morning, I was out walking and praying um, like we do. And uh, I'm like, I'm just tired of leading. I just want to like go and drink Dr. Pepper. You know, and uh, so, anyways, uh, we're fortunate. We hope that you're getting a break this summer as well. So, and uh, and we're we're just trying to get in the car because as soon as we get in the car, then um, then uh, bag packing Aaron goes away and vacation Aaron comes in, and we're hoping that vacation Aaron comes very soon because because there's like two errands. There's like there's normal Aaron who's like lovely and sweet, and then there's like pack your bags for vacation Aaron she she's a little panicky and crazy it's the same aaron it's the, it's the same it's the same aaron as like when is the library book due because she's got a fear of librarians i'm like what are they gonna do i mean look at them like they're all soft-spoken and like nobody in, in working in a library was like yeah no i'm i'm former special services special forces i should say like i mess people up for a living and now i work in a library i'm like what are you afraid of aaron they're not going to do anything they're going to charge you seven cents a day for late fees. And so anyways, I, Aaron went down into Arwen's room last night at midnight and was like, your carry on is too big. And Arwen's was like, I just want to sleep mom. And so, um, so then I had a concerned conversation with Arwen about the size of her carry on uh, this morning, but Hey, we're, um, I'm going to be preaching in a weird sermon. Are you ready uh, about a weird passage of scripture? And I'm calling today's sermon demon pigs. Thanks Sean. Without further ado. Um, You know, sometimes as Christians, we're like a little worried about parts of the Bible that are hard to explain to people. But the reason that it's hard to explain to people, and the the reason that there are weird parts of the Bible, like, don't get me wrong. There's weird parts of the Bible. Uh, My next two sermons are going to be about weird parts of the Bible. So this one is about, is is weird, because it's called Demon Pigs. The next one I might preach about was was like, a boy suffers heat stroke in a field and dies, and, and Elisha raises him to life by body slamming him. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, we, you know, we let the scripture, we let the text speak for itself, and we think that the word of God defends itself. And so, but um, you know why the scripture is weird? And, you, and this is what we believe about the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the inherent word of God and, and is the marker for truth. And so your Christianity gets super weird when you start like, I don't like that portion of the Bible. So I'm going to take that out of my Bible and uh, I'm going to take this out and I'm going to take, and then you start creating a Franken-Jesus that can't save you anymore because it's not really Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And right in our venue church culture, we have this uh, thing where we say, we believe in Jesus as he is, not as we'd like him to be. And so like, we're like, okay, you're going to be God and we're going to be not God and um but there are definitely weird parts uh in in the bible but you know you know why the bible is weird i was thinking about this because the world is weird like stuff happened to you last week that was weird because it happened to you you thought that it was okay you know what i'm saying like a friend of mine uh, a friend of a friend he was riding his quad in the bush one time and like you couldn't make it up right he's riding his quad in his bush and uh Jackrabbit jumps out in front of him, and he rolls this jackrabbit over with his quad. He turns around and looks behind him at this jackrabbit rolling around and then running. And he's like, that's weird. And he turns around and gets a bird full in the face. Like, "Boop." You know, like, oh, that's weird. And then it's like... And uh, there's stuff, there's weird stuff that happens all the time in the world. And the reason that the Bible is weird is because God... Spoke to to authors and said, "I want you to write this." Then he spoke in their ear and they wrote it down. But the reason that the Bible is weird is because the world is weird, and uh, God just had authors write about it. Does that make any sense? Uh, One time, Renee was telling me her dad hit an owl with his car, and then he then he put the owl. He didn't know what to do with it, so he put the owl in his deep freeze. Let me just set this up. Come on, help me preach here a little bit, Venue Church. Like, you know, your family of origin was weird too. You didn't know until you went over to Tommy's house, and you're like, "Oh, this is what normal looks like." Because when you went to Tommy's deep freeze in the middle of summer, like, "Oh yeah, just get one of the neighbors. If the neighbors want, just tell them to go in the deep freeze and get the popsicles." And there's like Han Solo owl, you know, down in the <laughs> locked in. That'll wake you up. What was the big plan there? I don't know if there was a plan. Maybe there wasn't a plan. Maybe it's best to not know about the plan. (laughs) You want to see something weird right now, go over to uh, Scott and Renee's house and look at their dog's haircut. (laughs) She was trying to get the math out of the hair. I'm like, look at this dog. I'm like, did he fall asleep in the grass? And Emerson cut the grass and she just accidentally ran over the dog too? Because it's weird. But you can't make it up, but it's happening. She tried to get the knots out of the hair, but then just like some some places it's right down to the skin to get the knots out and then still pretty cute dog um this is a weird church you know it's weird that's why you come it's like a freak show up here i'm like a weird pastor a little bit um i'm a pastor's kid every pastor's kid is weird we grew up why because we grew up with church people and church people get weird and uh our text today is, is just weird. And we're just going to roll right into that text when we get there. Uh, but this is the, like, kind of the summation of the text. Is that there's, there's a man full of demons. And Jesus goes and takes the demons out of the man. And puts them into a bunch of pigs. And the pigs superman off a cliff. And drown in like a lake. And for some reason... God tells Mark, uh, the, uh, the gospel of Mark, told Mark, like, hey, write that down. People are going to need that one. And um, Mark was Peter's disciple. And I know that Mark is like, at the time, like, uh, Peter. <laughs> A, what happened? And B, like, are you really sure that you want this in the Bible Bible? You know what I'm saying? There's no Bible at the time. but Are you sure you want this written down for all time? Because that's weird, you know? And, uh, but there's something in this text that, that the Holy Spirit wants you to know today. And um, I think sometimes, you know what I think we're worried about? I think we're worried, like, if people read the Bible, people are going to think that you're weird, Jesus. I feel like Jesus is saying to somebody, like, let me worry about who thinks I'm weird. Like, let me worry about that. Just uh, come and follow me. Now, here's our opening thought today. God's weird saves people. Now, the enemy's weird hurts them. So the enemy wants to bring a lot of weird stuff into your life. He wants you to have weird problems. And God fights the weird stuff with his own brand of weird. But it's weird, like there's no way around it, you know. The enemy wants you to have like, uh, like weird financial situations, right? He wants you to get into like weird financial debt. Like you bought a stereo for how much? Over how many years? And then you married her and you didn't tell her because you're like, if I told her she would marry somebody who's better and you're not wrong. But then all of a sudden, you know, and you're this weird financial situation. Are you like you invested and somebody sold you, you know, like the Big Ben clock in, in London and, and you didn't know that they weren't allowed to. You know what I mean? You get a weird financial situation. You get a weird financial. You, you buy that car. That's like just it's not a good purchase. It's a weird and, and you keep and it's weird, you know, and then God uses his own brand of weirdness. And God's like, hey, tell you what. Uh, We need to get you budgeting. We need to get you into financial freedom group, which is probably going to start maybe in January. We need to get you there. So you learn about budgeting and you learn about giving. And God's like, hey, if you give me 10% of everything that you make, this is what we do in the church. Our family does that. And we do more because we can't figure out a better investment for it. So it's like, if you give me 10% of what you make, I'll fight the devil's weird with my own brand of weird. And this will actually go further. Then your 90% will go much further than it did before. And you're like, that's weird. And that makes no sense. But everybody who does it is like is weird, but it works, right? Like, it's weird. Um, you have a weird thought life, like some of y'all. What's going on in here? It's weird, just weird stuff in there. Again, I'm a pastor's kid, so whenever I meet a psychologist, I'm like, like do me, do me, like, you know, what do you think is going on in here? Because I don't know. Um, and you get this weird thought pattern that's going on in your head. You ever talk to somebody who's got something just weird going on up there? And, and the enemy's got you all twisted up in your own mind about something or your own heart about something. And God fights it with his own brand of, of weird on the other side here where he's like able to rewire your brain. I mean, some of you like pornography addiction stuff and, and God is able to rewire your brain, get you out of those weird ruts that chemically are like affecting you and causing you to go here all the time. And he can actually heal you and you go to freedom group and you actually start like getting out of this baggage. And God's like, hey, I can take everything that's going over here and turn it over here. In my own brand of weird. Why? Because Freedom Group is weird. Yeah. Who's been to Freedom Group? It's weird. It's, it's weird and scary, and you got to talk about some weird stuff. And you meet some weird people in there, and you're best friends forever now. And God does something in the weirdness that's just like, hey, no, I'm glad that you dealt with the past. Let's say hi to tomorrow, because now we can go on without your baggage. And I'm going to rewire your brain, I'm going to rewire your heart, and, and do all the things, you know or you get married and you married like a guy and you you have this like, you thought what you were hoping for was like one of those weird romance novel cover pages. Like you were secretly hoping that he was some weird, ripped shirtless pirate with long hair, right? Who like wrote poems about how beautiful you are, right? Like A, that's not a thing. And B, if that was a thing and we were that ripped, we wouldn't write poems about you all day. Because we'd have to, like, stay ripped or whatever. Just, uh, I met a guy in the lobby and the other, sir, so I'm like, and he's like, he'd been working out. And I'm like, my body used to look exactly like that before COVID, man. COVID, right? Y'all know. And God's like, hey, let's fight, let's fight your weird expectation that, that isn't a thing anywhere. Let's fight that with a little bit of gratefulness for what you got. Because what you got's not as bad as what you think it is. He is. I'm basically doing this for the guys. Because they're like, we don't know what to do. We, we don't want to take our shirts off. And write post- You know what I'm saying? Like, but what if, God, what if on the other side of that, God's like, hey, be thankful for what you have. And you're like, but what about all the things I don't have? And God's like, just start with what you do have. And start with what I've already given you. And start looking at what I'm doing. And... Now Now, when I was a kid, some weird stuff went down in in our home. Now, I came from a home that that everybody would 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 love to be a part of. you know my mom and dad, great parents. My brother was hugely disappointing to our family. <laughs> now, Ryan is great we 're a little competitive. He started at mom, not my fault. Um, but, but like a great, great family, Christian, godly. Love and attention and affection and all the things and discipline and all the things. And, uh, um, but when I was a kid, something weird started happening in our home. And, um, see if the enemy can give you weird problems, this is what he wants. This is what he wants. He can isolate you. Then he can get you sick inside. Then he can really hurt you. There's a reason that people in Venue Church did better than anybody else that I know in the city during COVID. Because you didn't isolate yourself. And you went through it with some people who had strong faith. And sometimes your faith lagged and their faith was, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to take you out when you're in the middle of a tribe of warriors. But if the enemy can isolate you, then what he does is he gets you to isolate you. So he isolates you by giving you weird problems. Then he whispers in your ear, nobody will know. Nobody should know about this because they won't know what to do with you. And then you do, you isolate you some more. And the the word of God says that when Paul over here isolates, he says, Paul, when you isolate you, you are seeking your own desires and that's not good. You should be seeking the desires of others. So it's like, Paul, you're being selfish when you isolate you. So the enemy whispers, he gives you weird problems or you get in weird sin. And then he starts isolating you. Then you, you, you isolate you. Now you're sinning and you're weird. And then, he starts making Paul sick, and then he starts really coming in to hurt Paul. And so, so when I was a kid, we started, there's a, a weird problem started developing. First of all, I, I contracted when I was uh, really little, um, like a really strong uh, case of asthma, right? And so, respiratory problems. And uh, so, I would be up at night, like often, with asthma attacks, unable to breathe, um, you know, some of you were like, why did you do so well on COVID? Because the respiratory problem, fear of death thing, I went through when I was like two, three, four, five. Like I went through that. I was up at night, unable to breathe, thinking like, what about the next life? Because I'm going to die tonight. You know, like somebody help me, you know? And so um, so that's weird. So that's weird, right? But then what the enemy did is Because this story is about demons inside of a person. So this is a story about overt spiritual activity. And I know that you think that everything is happening because society is like, it's just physical. You know, like sex is just physical. Like this is just physical. Just... No, the physical world comes from the spiritual. And you can't fix spiritual problems in the physical world. You gotta. I, you, can, you can help things in the physical world, but you can't fix a spiritual problem in the physical world. It's got to be fixed in the spirit world. And so the, the enemy started coming at me. Now, now it's going to be weird. And this is what the devil used to isolate my family. Because who do you talk to about this? You can talk to people about asthma. But then the enemy started, it's, it's, it's what we call demonic uh, oppression. Where he starts like basically using the asthma attacks and coming in over top of that with a spiritual attack. Where now it's like fear and terror and hopelessness and like, and crazy insanity. And I would, uh, have, have your kids ever had like night terrors? Okay. So like imagine night terrors, but like full on hallucination night terrors for hours. And this would happen quite often. Now, who do, you, who do you talk to about that? Like, how do you medicate that? Who do you talk to? Because they're going to think you're crazy. Some of you, the stuff that you went through when you were a kid, you haven't been able to talk to anybody about it because the devil isolated you. Who you talk to about the crazy stuff? you know? And uh, so this is going, my dad used to, and this is happening in a good Christian home. And uh, they couldn't really talk to their church because their church wasn't like this church. The, this church is like a fighting church. Like we fight the devil. Like we get down in the dirt. We get down in addictions. We get, we get down there with you. But that church, it was more kind of like a social club, you know, than a, more like a cruise ship than a battleship. So that's why when you come here, you're like, oh, if you come from like a cruise ship, you're like, can you turn my chair on the deck so it's facing the sun perfectly? And we're like, we we don't have those. So you'll get (laughs) sunburned. But we're working here, you know what I mean? And so it's like, oh, the temperature of my caviar is not quite right and we're like we don't we don't even that's not caviar it's like powdered potatoes just eat it like people are dying here like let's go and uh, so it forced them into spiritual warfare and um but it's weird like my, my dad one time he would try to he would they would try anything they tried everything you could think of in like the first month and then they just keep you know and uh so they would my dad would pick me up uh and take me and and carry me into an ice cold shower just to try to snap me out of it it worked sometimes other times it didn't and I remember coming to myself after hours of him reading Psalm chapter 91 over me just hours and hours of him doing whatever it takes just to see if he can get his son free you know and, uh, and uh, I used to be in the hospital overnight with these asthma attacks and I hate like no I, I hate hospitals can you not make a hospital smell great you know how much money you spend in hospitals Alberta Health, listen to me. Air fresheners—they would cost nothing. They smell like gross. St- Have you never been in a hospital? You don't know how I'm feeling. You're not know feeling me. Make them smell nice and look nice and be fun. Said <laughs> they're gross and weird and there's no, noisy and I would stand in my crib, right, on a bad night. I'd stand in my crib. And when the nurse walked by at 2 a.m., I, was like, I would be like, in the space that she walked across that door, I would be like, my dad's name is Richard. His number is 555. Tell him to come get me. <laughs> Next nurse, my dad's name is Richard. His number is 555. Tell him to come get me. <laughs> and like, it was heartbreaking. These nurses and my parents come. And they're like, oh my goodness, poor kid. You know, you just want, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't, other stuff was going on. You know, my mom, she was so distraught one night that I, I just, I was so distraught. She climbed right into the hospital crib with me. And then scared the heck out of the doctor the next morning. Because he's like, oh my goodness, this is giant baby. <laughs> right? like, oh my goodness. Uh, listen. <laughs> one time, they make medicine good now, but medicine back then was not great. Like now it tastes like candy, man. Back then it tastes like medicine. And uh, my mom one time, she was yelling out at the back door like, Cory, it's just medicine time. Time for your medicine. And I'm like, not today, Satan. So I, I go beside my I didn't say that to my mom, that would have been the last day on earth. And and again, I'd have been in heaven and Jesus being like, Oh, you're early. Um, so so our house, neighbor's house, I go beside my neighbor's house and I'm just like I can hear her yelling, but I'm like, I'm just gonna pretend like what's she gonna say? Until the snitch across the back. Neighbor is like, Beth, Beth, I can see him right there. And I'm like, Oh, your day is coming, old lady. It's coming. Why does the enemy try to hurt you? Because you, mankind, remind him of God. You were made in the image of God. Sure, we turn the world over to the devil and the devil broke it. Sometimes we get upset with God for the things that the devil is doing. Then we get a little confused because we're like, God is all powerful. No, he made the world with choice. That's how the world works. It's like gravity. It can hurt you or you can fly. He gave us a choice and he didn't take it back. Don't get mad at him for being holy. He can't take back something that he gave. That was part of the package. And so the world through the local church gets brought back, but it only comes back through people, right? And so one day people come and solve it and judge everything. But the enemy hates you because you were made in the image of God. As simple as you are, something about you, George, reminds him of God and he hates you for it. Every time he looks at you, he's reminded a little bit about God, even in your fallen state. And nowadays we're in this place where like all life is equal. Like animals and plants. Well, don't cut your grass. Murderer. you murdered thousands of grass babies. You know what I'm saying? There's this thing now where it's like, Society is, the enemy is working in society trying to get you to be insignificant and unspecial. But you're special because God made you in his own image. God did not make cats in his own image. Come on, say amen, many If a cat wanders across the street and a neighbor wanders across the street, you gotta hit one. Hit the cat. Because as much as you believe all this garbage that's going on out there right now, you know that you gotta hit the cat. I don't like cats, that's why I'm saying that. You're like, well, what if my neighbor's a politician? Well, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm in vacation mode. This is all I got in me. I got one sermon. I'm so tired right now. Okay, okay. Now listen, the enemy's weird isolates you and addicts you. God's weird lifts you and frees you and connects you and sets you apart for his purposes. The enemy wants to get you alone and addict you and get you weird and crazy. God comes in with this brand of weird and he's like, I'm going to make you holy. I'm going to pick you. You ever meet somebody? You're like, they're never going to go to church. And God's like, challenge accepted. I love it. When people are like, well, my husband's never going to go to church. I'm like, he will like our church. How do you know? I'm like, just get him here. You'll see. There's something about God's weird way of. Let's get into the, the, into the text. You guys ready for the, one of the weirdest texts in the Bible, Mark chapter five. So they arrived on the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. This is kind of a foray into Gentile territory, which means not Jewish. And so um, Jesus was mostly there for the Jews. But now we see this odd little foray. And it says, you know, everything's like normal. And then the disciples, you know, when Jesus climbs out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit comes out of the tombs to meet him. And uh, this is where things start getting weird, right? So... This is, can I say that demonic activity and spiritual activity is happening all around us. And it's way more common than you think that it is. Somebody here was hurt when you were small. Listen, um, or hurt when you were big. There's only so much harm that a person can do. A person doesn't know all the things to time hurt the way that the devil does. And we, give, we can give the enemy permission. That's why when you get crazy and the enemy actually starts using you to hurt people, you start saying things like, like, you're so angry right now! And your kids are like, who's angry? You know what I'm saying? Like, it gets weird in there. And you know that your dad couldn't hurt you that much because people generally aren't that cruel and aren't that mean unless they're being... Somebody's whispering something in their ear, and somebody's informing them. Somebody's moving them, and somebody's angering them. And somebody's—it's the enemy at work in them. It's the enemy at work in you. Sometimes when you lie, it's just like this thing that's. So this is what's happening. You know, it's like it's like it's like the Logan family curse. Have you watched Logan Logan Lucky? Sometimes, like everybody in your family got divorced. That's weird. Well, the enemy wants you to have weird problems. Everybody in your family's broke. Everybody in your family's unfaithful. Everybody in your family dies of cancer. Come on. Everybody in your family has mental health issues. Everybody in your family has depression. Yeah, there's spiritual strongholds at work. Because somewhere along the way, permission was granted. And then the enemy starts working. Well, thank God you come to a church where we will go to war for that thing and break the power of the enemy over your life and get the Holy Spirit in there. Now... This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with the chain. It's all weird. I don't know if, I, if, if, if you're starting to talk to your neighbor about Jesus, I don't know that I would start here. <laughs> like, let's open our Bibles. You know, it's the first time. Like, what's a Bible? Oh, well, what are your feelings about pigs and demons? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that I would start here, but... This man lives in the burial caves. Like he walks in the cemetery. He like lives there. That's not normal. My best friend Kim and I, when we were five, it was like every day we meet, we'd be like, okay, tonight though, at midnight, we're meeting in the graveyard with knives. That was our big jam. We slept at midnight every night. We didn't go to the graveyard and we didn't have knives back then, so... I don't know why that was a big deal, but this guy's like living there, and he's tormenting. They they chain him, and um, whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. So you gotta you gotta like get what's really going on here. You you gotta get this like how do you smash like iron chains off of you? You are brutalizing your body. This guy is like torn up and. Broken bones and bleeding and diseased and this is what the devil wants to do. He's gonna let you. He's gonna let you swim in the sin pool for a bit. And sin is fun. We're not the church that is like sin is no fun. No, it's definitely fun. That's why it's sin. Are we not? Tra- you don't think this' in That's what Chad Ferguson. He's like everybody's saying like sin's no fun. He's like it was definitely fun. That's what the problem was. But then sooner or later, the devil drops a shark in there and he comes for your soul and he comes for your relationships and he comes for your kids and he comes for everything. You, he comes for your heart and your mind and he comes and tears you apart. And that's what's happening to this poor guy. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills howling and cutting himself with sharp, sharp stones. The, the self-harm right now, if that's your story, look, we want to hear about it, but we think that's a spiritual issue. Because humans, without a, a spiritual enemy whispering that in your ear, don't hurt. We don't hurt ourselves like that. We don't. And I don't know that a psychologist can necessarily free you from that. I think we can help with the thinking pattern, psychology. Psycholo- I don't think we can free from that. What you need to do is shut the voice of the devil up in your head that's saying that, and get the voice of God that's like, no, 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 my kids don't do that. No, 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 my kids are worth. This is what you're worth. This is what. This is how we care for ourselves. This is because you are worth. Because when I look at you, I see Jesus somehow. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. This is weird. With a shriek, he screamed. It's actually the demon now screaming. Are you ready? Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. Well, there's a couple of weird things in here. Like, in the name of God, you don't get to use the name of God because you're the devil. Right? But the devil will. And then, then he says, don't, tor- don't torture me. Don't torment me. I'm like, I don't feel like Jesus does that. Right? Yeah. Are we tracking? You know who Jesus is? Venue church? I know this is a summer crowd, but come on, guys. If you don't, we'll introduce you in the prayer and care quarter. Um, For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Like, come out. You don't belong in somebody who was made in the image of God. Let's get the Holy Spirit in that. And uh, Jesus demanded, what's your name? This is weird. Don't talk to demons, by the way. Please don't. You're not Jesus. So let's not do that. If we, are we clear about that? You're also not Jesus. I feel like we need to back the truck up here a little bit. Like, okay, we know who Jesus is and you're not Jesus. Okay. Just like baby steps. Um, And he replied, my name is Legion. Now he's putting a front on a little bit here, but he's saying there's more than one of us here and a legion was four to 6,000 soldiers. That's what that meant. And so, uh, because there are many of us inside this man, now this is weird, but what we're going to do is we're going to let the text say what it needs to, and we're not going to wrap it around what we think we know, right? Because that's how Christians get weird is we take this. And if this hasn't been your experience, you'll be like, oh, this wasn't real. This didn't really happen. Yeah. Well, if you're the demon possessed man, you're like, this was happening. This is my story. And your story is the most powerful thing you have. My story as weird as it is. is the most powerful thing I've got because it happened. The evil spirits begged him again and again not to send him to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs. Weird. <laughs> Let us enter them. Where are my vegans at? Come on, vindication. <laughs> them devil was in that pigs. I'm telling you. He didn't send them into broccoli. <laughs> How many preachers vegans? Come on now. I'll skip you. Vacation. 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 Just keep it together. Five minutes. Just keep it together. <laughs> I'm so tired right now. So Jesus gave them permission. Watch. The evil spirits came out of the man, entered the pigs, an entire herd of 2,000 pigs, plunged down, the, they supermaned the hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and screamed a bunch and told everybody what happened. And people rushed out to see what happened. a crowd soon gathered around. You can get people to church that way. Cast a, bunch, cast a bunch of demons into a bunch of pigs, I guess, and the church will be full. Why is this in the Bible? Because God needed to send you a message today. And this was the best account of what Jesus did to let you know something. In a way that's weird, but in a way that's going to shock you and in a way that's going to free you. Why would he tell Peter to tell Mark to put this in the Bible? Because you need something from this story. Ready? A crowd soon gathered around Jesus. They saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there. Are you ready? Fully clothed, maybe for the first time in decades. Fully clothed, his shame gone. Come on, perfectly sane. There have been times in my life where I didn't think that that was possible for me because of what the enemy was doing. Fully clothed, but I was wearing clothes though. <laughs> and perfectly sane. It's weird, but I'm perfectly sane, y'all, by the grace of God. Watch this. And here's maybe the most important part of this, and they were all afraid. Why were they, what about society? What about society worries about what happens in church? You know what I'm saying? What are they? What makes them afraid when people come in tormented and then they sit there with clothes on, perfectly seen, fixed, healed, okay. Wounded, but okay. Able to walk again, able to run again, able to fight again, able to think again, able to feel again. What worries them? Because Jesus... In one moment, he's like, all the livelihood, 2,000 pigs, all the livelihood of that town. One soul matters more than all of it. One life matters more than all of it. One person fixed and healed and saved and going to heaven matters more than all of the livelihood of that town. That's what worries them. Because society trades souls for stuff all the time. And Jesus will trade all the stuff in the world. He says, what, what matters that you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Trade the world off and come and follow me. Then those who had uh, seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Come on up, worship. Can you imagine that? They saw the salvation of that man And he knew before he went that they were going to reject him. And he sent, he's sending somebody a message here today that he's like, I know that when I come and find you, I might be rejected by everybody else on your block, but I came for you because you were made in the image of God and I'm going to fix it because you are that important and you were that any belief system denying the existence of a holy God. Any belief system is to make you small and make you on the level of animals, but you are not. God made you just below the angels, clothed you with glory. Jesus was getting into the boat and the man had been demon possessed, begged to go with him. Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them that the Lord, what the Lord has done for you and how merciful he's been. know, your parents might have written you off, but God never did. Your friends might have written you off, but God never did. You might have written somebody off, but God hasn't yet. you know, do y'all know Nick in church? I think, are they on vacation right now? Nick and Rachel? Remember Nick, the guy who used to hate God and stuff? Nick, are you watching this? Well, one day he starts coming to church. Rachel, invite him to church, he'll like our church. I don't know, people who don't like church, like our church, I don't know what it is. Like, just invite him to church. Challenge accepted. Nick starts coming to church. We see Nick at church, and then he's like, his wife helped uh, Pastor Aaron and the group doing Freedom Group, uh, which we start, it's like a small group, it's always a big group, but people get free, get, get rid of their past and baggage, and God brings them into a whole new life. And it's powerful, it's powerful. And Nick all of a sudden, on, a, on the first day, Rachel's helping out and Nick's like, Nick shows up. And, and Nick showed up, not because he believed in Freedom Group or believed in Jesus, really. Nick showed up because his friend in church went and he wanted to go hang out with Emil. And some of the other boys were in there. And he's like, I know those guys, so I'm gonna go. Nine weeks, Nick goes to Freedom Group and drives back and in the car tells Rachel, this is stupid, this is dumb, this is not working, I don't know what I'm doing. Week 10 they were standing over here in the building after Freedom Group because it happens here after Freedom Group Nick tells Pastor Aaron and Rachel standing beside him who has no idea this is coming Nick says yeah God did something in my life last week and I need to get baptized and Rachel is like because only God can only the spirit of God can solve a spiritual problem and God healed him of some hurt that had been done to him and it unlocked him in a moment now you can't figure that out and it freaks society out but God can and I want to tell somebody's been hurt here and somebody's done a lot of hurting God can God can heal you God can heal the people that you hurt God can do anything God is God what kind of a church do you want to be Let's commit right now that we're going to be the church where we trade all this stuff for one soul. And the next soul is the most important soul, just like you were the most important soul. And we said we come for one soul, and we've had many souls come. But when it's Nick's turn, then it's Nick's turn, and everything we do matters about the one because we think it makes us look like Jesus.